Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. You see here that it's really a bad idea. You're looking for something that is totally against what God has already promised you that He would do for you, that He would fight your battles, that He would stand strong for you, that He would defeat your enemies. And you could look at the history of Israel all the way up to this time, and you could see that when the kings of Judah, that southern kingdom, when they were faithful to the Lord, that the Lord fought their battles for them. But here Ahaz thinks he's got a better idea. We serve a God that is limitless. He can move mountains and created heaven and earth. So why do we always think we can do better than His promises? Although we try to push our own agenda, God will accomplish His will no matter how much we get in the way. And that's exactly what we'll hear in today's message from Pastor David. Even powerful leaders in history made selfish decisions that should have destroyed nations, except that God was ultimately in control and His will would be done. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, What difference does a virgin make? Well, is this a strange world we live in, Master Jack? No hard feelings if I never come back. (laughs) Some of you remember that song. Some of you are old enough. Uh, Not only our nation is bizarre right now, but the world is bizarre. I don't know if you've noticed. uh, You you can't help but notice that there's a lot of things that are going on in the Middle East. It's kind of like almost right out of the uh, pages of Ezekiel as all of these nations are coming. Have you noticed that? All of these nations all coming down together there into Syria, ISIS being the, the object of their, their focus, um, at least uh, uh, that's, that's a reported idea. Uh, even the United States trying to make partnership with Russia, and um, we, we see these things uh, taking place right there. Take, take your Bibles, if you would. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 38. No, this isn't a, a study on end times, but I, I can't help but uh, touch on this as we get into the study. Ezekiel chapter 38. In Ezekiel chapter 38, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog, the land of Magog, and the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, and Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, and, and catch this, I will put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all of your army, horses, tanks, jets, fighter jets, all splendidly clothed, a great company with armored vehicles and 
anti-aircraft, all of them handling swords and all kinds of automatic weapons. Verse uh, 5 says, Persia and Ethiopia and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops in the house of Togoma. From the far north, all of its troops, many people are with you. This is a prophecy that the Lord gave to Ezekiel of all of these nations actually coming down and coming against Israel. I can't help but think that Israel, in the midst of all that's going on just north of it, is kind of looking back into the book of Ezekiel and saying, wow, is this how this is going to play out? Is this kind of the forerunner for this? How close are we to this? I, you know what? I think, it's so, I think it's so close that we could wake up in the morning and, and find out that there is something much, much bigger going on over there. Uh, we have sworn enemies that are uh, forming a confederacy together to fight against a common enemy, ISIS, and yet at the same time, man, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of stirring. There's a lot of trouble going on over there. I would just say, uh, keep your eyes on the eastern sky, uh, for your redemption draweth nigh. Uh, I think when I look at these things, I don't worry about them. I don't fret. It's horrible when we see events like the massacre over in San Bernardino. It, it's horrible when we see the, the, the devastation and the wickedness of ISIS and how they've been able to literally overrun that country and their influence in so many other countries, whatever name you want to go by, whether it's ISIS or Hezbollah or Al-Qaeda or any of the other terrorist groups that are uh, out and moving around. But the world is totally, totally unstable. Now, it's been unstable if you, if you don't know your Bible history. It's been unstable over there for as long as we know. Uh, it really has. There's been changes of nations and changes of leadership. There's been battles and wars on there for, for quite a long time. As a matter of fact, if you go back to 720 B.C., 720 years before Christ, God's chosen people, they were already a divided nation. At, at that point in time, they, they'd split from being one nation of God to the northern kingdom, which was called now Israel, and the southern kingdom, which was called Judah. And these guys were fighting against each other. They, they didn't like each other, and yet they, they were brothers and sisters. They were of the same country. They were, again, split because of, uh, well, we won't go into that, but the northern kingdom, the king up there, his name was uh, Pekah. In the southern kingdom, his name was Ahaz. And Ahaz, in the southern kingdom in Judah, he was kind of a, a, a misdirected, sad representative, really, of the nation of Judah to be their king. Now, there were all these other little tribal wars that were going on. There was this, and, and, and while all of these little tribal wars were going on in and around Israel, a little bit further north, well, actually quite a bit further north from them, was the building up of the empire of Assyria. Assyria was, man, it, it was led by a maniac, really, a maniac by the name of Tiglath-Pileazar. Okay, let's say that all together. Tiglath-Pileazar, okay? If you got a name like that, you probably are a maniac. Anyway, 
he was pretty much of a bully. I mean, he, he would just come and, and he would take over areas. And they were a vicious, vicious people. The Assyrians, I mean, they put fear. Not unlike ISIS. When you start thinking of the viciousness, the beheadings, just the, the torturings, all that ISIS has done, man, it's about the same thing as Tiglath Pileazar. And you're proud that I know that name. Yeah. Now, all of these small nations, though, and we're, we're looking at Israel, the northern kingdom, Judah, the southern kingdom, and even Syria, Syria that we know today, not us, Syria, that's something else, but Syria, the nation that we see, all of these are, are, are fighting against each other. And Israel, the northern kingdom, they wanted to conquer Judah, the southern kingdom, but they found out that Judah, the southern kingdom, was a pretty tough force to contend with. And it wasn't going to be as easy as they had hoped. So Pekah and the, the northern kingdom, Israel, decided that they would make this alliance with their uh, northern and, uh, I guess, eastern neighbor with Syria. So they were going to make an alliance with Syria to come down and attack the southern kingdom, Judah. This alliance again came about, and uh, they call it the Syrio-Ephraimite alliance. And actually, it was really the beginning of a whole long line of conflict in that whole region, and it really and truly paved the way for a prolonged period of foreign conflict and domination that continued on through the time of Christ. So again, foreign nations coming in and taking over God's land and the promised land of God's people. All these foreign nations coming in and taking over and reigning and ruling. Now, King Ahaz, let's kind of focus on him. That kind of sets what's going on all around him. He's going to be being attacked, or he is being attacked by Judah, or by uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, and by Syria as they formed that alliance. And so King Ahaz of Judah... Well, he was a very religious man. As a matter of fact, he was so religious, he worshipped a multitude of gods. He had all kinds of gods that he worshipped, but except the one true God. He didn't worship Jehovah, the God of Israel. He was religious, but he wasn't religious toward the God of his fathers, Jehovah. And because Ahaz rejected the Lord, 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 19, you don't need to go there. You can write it down, look at it later. 2 Chronicles chapter 28, 19 tells us, the Lord had humbled Judah because of Ahaz king. And for he had promoted wickedness in Judah and had been most unfaithful to the Lord. You know, when your country's leader becomes unfaithful to the Lord. And when your country's leader promotes and lauds wickedness and sinfulness, you can be guaranteed your country is going to suffer because of that. And we see that even in God's people, in God's land, Judah, as again, Ahaz was so wicked. Ahaz reigned for 16 years. And he made every effort that he could to destroy the true worship of Yahweh. He wanted to destroy that religion that actually Judah was founded on. Sounds familiar in a lot of ways, but he got to the point where he shut the gates of the temple. He even melted down the temple vessels of gold and silver. 
He offered burnt incense on high places throughout Judah, something that the law had had strictly condemned. And he set up altars on his roof so that he could worship the stars and the moon and the sun. In 2 Kings chapter 16, we also read about Ahaz. In 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 2 through 4, says, unlike David, his father, which was his grandfather on, on upstream, but that's the way that they phrase it. Unlike David, his father, Ahaz did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, that northern kingdom that left the worship of Jehovah as soon as they split. He even, sac- catch this, Ahaz even sacrificed his son in the fire. Following the detestable ways of the nations, the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. We look at our crime and our sin of abortion in our nation, and it's just as wicked and just as awful as what they were doing there. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19 uh, even implies that Ahaz had, had sought to speak to the dead, to, what do they call it, uh, uh, necro, uh, speaking to the dead and the spirits of the dead, trying to find out his future. Well, his future now is coming, and it's knocking on his door at this point in time. While you have your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Ahaz is in serious trouble because Pekah and the northern kingdom of Israel, along with Syria, are coming down to overrun Judah as well as as they marched against Judah, they were at the very gates of Jerusalem at this point in time. Now, these nations had gone against Ahaz uh, in the past, and in the past, in some of these battles, Judah had suffered greatly because of it. And uh, in the past, 120,000 of the soldiers of Judah, of the southern kingdom, were killed in a single day. Now, that's a pretty strong battle. As well as 200,000 of the people of Judah had been carried off into captivity already. So now here they come. They're coming back for, for a second helping against the southern kingdom. And Ahaz is, is reasonably and understandably afraid at this point in time. So Isaiah chapter 7 Verse 1 and 2, now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of uh, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but it could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. And so his, speaking of Ahaz, So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. So in other words, they're they're pretty well shaken up. I don't know if he's talking about move like this or if he's talking about move like this, you know. I I think it's probably move like this because because of the fear that that was there of what was literally at the very gates. They weren't able to prevail and, and break through at this point in time. And Jerusalem was a pretty formidable fortress at that point in time. But they were right there. And so Ahaz decides his best option is to look for another ally to, to come and join with him, someone that's big enough to help him to defeat all of his enemies. And he believes that the best candidate for that ally is actually God 
No, that would have only made sense. No, he thought of Assyria, the kingdom, the big empire to the north. And so he appeals to, to Tiglath Pileazar to come and join with him to help him fight. And I, I look at Tiglath Pileazar, I think of Vladimir Putin myself, you know, and, and Ahaz is, is making this deal with him to fight against. But we see here that it's really a bad idea. You're looking for something that is totally against what God has already promised you that he would do for you, that he would fight your battles, that he would stand strong for you, that he would defeat your enemies. And you could look at the history of Israel all the way up to this time, and you could see that when the kings of Judah, that southern kingdom, when they were faithful to the Lord, that the Lord fought their battles for them. But here Ahaz thinks he's got a better idea. And so he goes to Assyria, and Assyria is this extremely vicious, this wicked, wicked nation. And it turns out that when Ahaz did form this alliance with Assyria, it ended up doing him more harm than good. We read in 2 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20, that Tiglath-Pileazar, the king of Assyria, came to him, came to Ahaz, and distressed him, and did not assist him. On top of that, then, Assyria never helped Ahaz defeat his enemy. As a matter of fact, King Ahaz ended up paying protection money to Assyria to be able to protect his nation from the Assyrian soldiers. Not against the northern kingdom and, and uh, Syria, but against the Assyrian soldiers. Look, I'll pay you. Just don't, just don't come against me. Maybe I'll give you arms and I'll, I'll send training. I, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll do all these things. Just don't come against us. Pretty soon, Judah, the southern kingdom, just became a, a vassal state of, of Assyria. But before Ahaz sealed his whole bargain with Assyria, God wanted to offer him one more chance, wanted to offer him another option. Before you make that deal with Assyria, God came to him by way of the prophet Isaiah and spoke to him this way in verse 3 of Isaiah chapter 7. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out now and meet Ahaz, you and Shir Jeshub your son, and at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field, and say to him, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted, for these two stubs of smoking firebrands, uh, for the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Remaliah, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have plotted evil against you. Now, let me stop right here to make sure you understand. God is coming and said, don't be afraid of these guys. Don't be afraid of that northern kingdom and of Syria. You know, you're so fearful with them, you're getting ready to make this wicked alliance with us, Syria. He says, don't be afraid of these. These guys are just two little smoking firebrands. Don't worry about these guys at all. They, they plotted evil against you. Verse 6 says, they, they say, let us go up against Judah and trouble it and let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tabel. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. 
For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin. And with, within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken, so that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia, son. And if you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. He goes on to say, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or, or in the height above. But Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Isaiah told Ahaz that, that first of all, this invasion of the northern kingdom and of Syria, that, that's never really going to happen. They're, they're not going to be able to fulfill what, they, what they're threatening to do. And as a matter of fact, the, the two leaders of those two countries, they died within the, the next two years. Both of them were assassinated. The second thing that God wanted Ahaz to know, he wanted to, to give Ahaz assurance that, that he would do just as he promised. And he tells Ahaz, why don't you just go ahead and ask yourself uh, from the Lord your God, ask for a sign. Ask it either in the depths or in the heights above. Can you imagine being given that opportunity? God coming to you and saying, Look, I want you to know I'm going to fulfill my promise to you. So you just ask me any sign, any sign, and I'll, I'll do it for you. you. You don't believe that I can take care of the enemy for you? You just ask anything you want. Remember, Gideon was, was bold enough. Gideon said, well, here's a, here's a piece of lamb's wool. Why don't you make it, uh, I don't know, make it dry and everything else wet? And then God did that. And Gideon said, well, that's okay. Now make it wet and everything else dry. And God did that too. You see, God's not afraid to show himself strong on our behalf. And God desires for us to depend upon him totally and wholly and completely. And he desires that we would be a people who in the, the midst of the distresses and the conflicts and the problems and the situations that every one of us come under, that we would lean wholly and completely on him, trusting him to the very end of things, and putting him literally to the test. I know that you are God. I know that you're a great God, and I depend so wholly and completely on you. God says, you just ask me for a sign. Just don't make that contract with Assyria. But Ahaz turns God down, and he gives this pious kind of excuse. Oh, no, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. But you know what? Ahaz cared nothing about the Lord. Ahaz cared nothing about Jehovah. Again, he just tells, in essence, tells Isaiah and his God to go take a hike. I've got this covered. I don't need you, Isaiah, and I don't need your God. Ahaz didn't really believe that Isaiah's God could do anything. And he just wasn't interested at all. He's just like the atheist who, who says he doesn't believe in God, and yet he continues to curse God. I always think that's funny. I don't believe in God, and I think God ought to get out of our business, and look what God did over here, and, but I don't believe that there's a God. Well, there's something wrong with that equation there. The only difference here is that Ahaz has the trappings of being religious. Remember, he, he worshiped many gods, but as far as that God of Israel, Ahaz doesn't believe. He is a practical atheist. You know that there are a lot of people going to church today who proclaim that they are Christians, who are actually practical atheists. 
On behalf of Pastor David Landry and the production team here at The Open Word, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This has been a special edition of The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. To learn more about The Open Word, visit our website at theopenword.com. You can download today's teaching or subscribe to The Open Word podcast. Subscribing to The Open Word podcast is the best way to stay up to date with all of the latest messages from David. To subscribe, log on to theopenword.com, click on the podcast option on the homepage, or simply search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. That's info at theopenword.com. When you contact us, let us know the call letters of the station you heard The Open Word on and how today's broadcast has blessed you. Your feedback helps us know the Lord's direction for this ministry. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. And again, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.